welcome to BitStorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger. With me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Why, hello, Mr. Benjamin Slinger. Hello, hello. And uh, since last week you started off with a, a bit of a pitch for a game idea you'd been sort of thinking of, mm-hmm. we thought that this week we'd uh, I'd pitch a little bit of a game. Uh, and full disclosure, this is something that Trevor and I... Uh, have been discussing outside of the podcast, also with uh, another one of our friends. Uh, you may you may know him from working with us on some of the game, like the, the game jam stuff, the global game yeah. jam. Yes, our friend Ryan, who works with us on the on the game jam, we're thinking leading up to global game jam twenty twenty two, which is a few months away, that we might do a little uh, prototype, a little a little game. In the meantime, we wanted a simple idea. We wanted a simple idea, and we were having so much fun talking about the possibilities that we realized, wait a sec, we should do this on mic, because <laughs> that's kind of what this show is supposed to all be all about. Uh, so, yeah, this is one that we are hoping to actually build, uh, but uh, we will we will jump into it. So, we were hoping for a simple idea. Uh, we both enjoy uh, co-op games, couch, uh, sorry, well, couch games, either co-op or competitive uh, and they're always a good. Uh, I think a lot of a lot of those games come out of game jams because you can do a lot with a simple idea in, in maybe a small amount of time. Uh, and so the idea we're going with is a jetpack based game mm-hmm. with the the goal being that your main weapon is actually the the I guess the flames or the the output the propulsion of your jetpack. Ooh. Yes, yes, I do know all this. I'm, do- I'm being the audience right now. So. Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, so the idea being you can have some, some you know, uh, interesting moves where uh, you're, you know, flying through in, in zero gravity. We're sort of thinking it's a 2D game uh, set on a sort of a sc- side-scrolling thing, but uh, in zero G. Uh, but zero G with a little bit of drag so that it's not just an asteroids you're moving forever at the same velocity like once you once you start yeah. off in a direction you would have a bit of slowdown but uh and that can that's something we'll tweak over time but yeah having having some nice moves like you know uh, burning off your fuel to zoom right at someone and then at the last second flipping yourself around and just blasting in the opposite direction uh, before you run into them <laughs> give them a face of flames. Maybe we can call it Face of Flames. <laughs> so, Trevor, what what were some of the other things you were thinking about? We've talked a bit, a little bit about the control schemes and different stuff. Yes. So maybe let's go so into that. So we're, we're in a bit of a battle at the moment for <laughs> uh, control scheme supremacy. Um, mm. I seem to like the the control scheme of like your old asteroids and that sort of stuff, but with still the flames being the being the main way of doing it. So you'd have like rotational control and mm-hmm. then thrust control and then you know, you could have a button that would actually flip you one eighty, which is a little bit different to, to what you can actually get in uh like asteroids or anything like that. But I feel yep. like gives you a lot of control but also not too much control. If you know what I mean. Yeah, and look, I do think it's important to balance that line uh, where, where the you know, you don't want to make the controls difficult, like where it doesn't feel like you're in control, but having a little bit of a disconnect there between what you're intending and, and how you actually have to go about achieving it mm-hmm. uh, can be important. My idea is instead of sort of one of your thumbsticks uh, just altering your rotation by an amount effectively, like where you're 
your control is over how much you're rotating left or right. My my thought is more the thumbstick. You point the thumbstick in the direction that you are intending to go. So if you want to sort of be rotating to face towards the top of the screen, you would move the thumbstick up. You know, if you want to rotate then and flip around to the bottom of the screen, you'll pull the thumbstick down as opposed to yours, where if you're pointing up and you wanted to go down, you'd essentially hold left or right. Well, uh, other than your uh, actual I'd, 180 I'd flip, flip, 180, and, and then other go than your 180 down. flip, which I think would be important with your control scheme. But with your with the main control scheme, you'd essentially like maybe pull to the left until you're reaching that, and then let go, and that will keep you in that direction. For me, the benefit of of doing it where you are effectively pointing the thumbstick in the direction you want to go just comes around the intention of you know I want to be facing in that direction. I think you'd still definitely have. A separate thrust button. Uh, so if you're if you're heading in a direction, then rotating the thumbstick will ro- will turn you, but it's not going to alter the actual your your main velocity. I, I think it just it, it to me it just feels a bit more intentional about you know how you might uh, finesse the direction you're going and and of course you you don't have to be holding in the thrust button while you're turning so you're not necessarily going in that in that wide arc in the big arc yeah you're more yeah, exactly i'm just rotating to to a direction and then you then you fire off the yeah yeah exactly so you might you know if there's a sharp corner you might just you know th- thrust all the way upwards and then kind of down it at an angle to sort of make that turn um and and, and counteract your your forward thrust uh, so anyway, I mean, as as we've discussed, we'll probably implement that uh, the, both of those schemes and potentially more of a direct control scheme. We talked yeah, about there, as well. There was a third control scheme, and I think that that's actually very important to have a couple of different control control schemes just for accessibility. Like, yeah, either for accessibility or, or even just in this prototype stage. Maybe people don't want to have to hold down a, a thrust button because they can't quite get their head around it, but they can get their head around using the analog thumbstick to actually say, if you want to go in this direction, you want the massive thrust in this direction, yeah. you immediately can move it to there and just fire off in, in that direction. And Yeah, the challenge there would be, uh, like we just talked about, rotating without firing off your thrust. Uh, but if we did it that you th- you thrust more the further you pull the thumbstick... Uh, in a direction, then you might be able to still kind of, you could have a dead zone even where you don't do any thrust and just rotate if you're just sort of doing it without pulling it all the way to the edge of the. Yeah. And, and we're not talking a really slow rotation. Like, it- no, 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 no. It's going to be, in fact, it probably has to be quite quick, uh, I would say. And, and again, that'll come from, from prototyping. Uh, and now the other big thing that we spoke about. Well, uh, are we going to talk about what I really want from. From the old game Asteroids, which was screen wrapping. I I love a good yes. screen wrap. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, in in that Asteroids way, or or from a more recent example that we also spoke about uh, with Towerfall, that can be an interesting strategic thing for at least some levels to have. Uh, exactly, and we're wrapping. thinking of actually having level geometry and all this sort of stuff. Oh, definitely, um, yeah. It's well, not that's all this- going to be fully open from the sides and all this sort of stuff, so... No, no, no. Uh, I think we'll have a lot of different stuff in the levels. Uh, and, in fact, that's... Yeah, that's where the next thing comes from, which, to me, is is another potentially core mechanic, if it, if it works out that way, 
which is basically being able to grab onto walls mm. and potentially and we'll go into other things that you might be able to grab onto. But the main thing being like if there's a static uh, piece of level ge- geometry, as you said, a wall that you can grab onto that, um, stop like alt- stop your velocity. Maybe if you're going too fast, you'll drag along it a bit, uh, slide along it a bit. Depending. But essentially- Depending on the angle of entry. Like if you go straight yeah. towards it, you, you're just going to bang straight into it. Well, but if I'm, you come I mean, in at a shallow angle, be- you may- Yeah. You might need to be careful about uh, if you are coming straight towards it and going too fast, you might take damage by hitting it, even if you grab it on time. And so, you you know, you have to counteract that. And we'll be able to have some cool effects. Uh, I, I can picture something of like a good move of zooming towards a wall because you need to get there quickly, but but figuring out when the best time is to reverse your thrust so you don't hit it too fast. Yeah, uh, and have some nice like particle effects coming off of the wall as the smoke as, kind as of it collides into the wall and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, but so you know the benefits of attaching to a wall. One are just strategic and and being able to maneuver and and keep yourself uh, where you want your character to be. Don't use you know maybe don't use fuel for a while or uh, uh, you know just just keep still for a bit. But oh yeah, because that's another thing that we have to have, which is a fuel gauge of. I think so. It, yeah. it's, it's one of those recharging things that yes. it'll continually recharge. There will be power-ups around the level, and I think one of these power-ups could be an instant refill that, mm. you know, you go over this and it instantly refills all the way back up, up to the top and, you know. Yeah, and again, so much of that is going to come from just playing it and tweaking it. It's like, okay, how how much continuous thrust, like how long should you be able to continually thrust for? Okay, like five seconds. Does that, how far across the level does that get you? Or how many times across the level does that yeah. get you? Or how fast does it, you know, what's your maximum speed? Uh, okay, you know, that's too long. Bring it down a bit. And then those sorts of power ups come in to, to make it interesting of, oh, now if you time it right, you can get a lot further around the level more quickly. Yeah. Uh, you know, catch up with someone who's trying to get away or, I mean, or whatever. especially with like, if you time your bursts, you could actually, you know, extend that to, to mm. you know, sort of get up to maximum maximum velocity uh, mm. because we will actually have a limit on the velocity that you can actually go. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. You don't, you don't want it going to infinite sort of. <laughs> no. I think, um, so, sorry, yeah, on the on the grabbing of the wall thing, I think the important part around that is, is in my mind, it's, it can be used almost as a, as a bit of a trap or a bit of a surprise attack where- if you sit on the wall and probably maybe you have to let your fuel uh, get up to a certain level, then you can charge it to burst off the wall and that's going to do a big flame burst around you as that happens essentially, which is, is sort of an area of effect attack. So if you've got someone coming past you uh, or within range, you can kind of surprise them with that, you know, it might even blast them back a bit, like alter their velocity mm-hmm. uh, and do some damage. Or you can hit them on the charge part and you can actually, you know, sort of knock them off kilter sort of thing. Well, that's it. We'll definitely have to mess around with how your mass and velocity can affect their velocity uh, and whether it even does damage to you each. Especially as you're going by and you grab them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and we'll get to that too. The grabbing stuff, I think there's a lot we can do, but- yeah, definitely sort of strategically grabbing onto walls. Uh, I think, obviously, you can charge up the few- Like, so, being able to charge up your your 
blast off is going to be useful. It's going to give you a, a faster immediate velocity. It's going to do that area of effect attack. But of course, you're going to use up a bunch of fuel doing it. Mm. So, you know, again, depending on how much drag we have and that sort of thing, it's going to limit how far you can get before you have to slow. Well, I was going to say before you have to slow down. You will be slowing down slightly because of the drag we said, but that's actually going to be one of the challenges. If you fire off your fuel in a certain direction and it hasn't had enough time to recharge, you will quite possibly just run into something before you can alter your velocity while you wait for your fuel to recharge. So that's kind of fun too. There's going to be some interesting strategy there. So I had an, I just had an idea of like an, an extra game mode, Mm -hmm. which is Jetpack League. Uh, where basically you're playing Rocket League, but you know, jetpack, <laughs> jetpack soccer. Like, yeah. Well, okay. Well, then, then let's bring in the grabbing stuff because some of the things we were talking about with grabbing is not just grabbing static objects, but obviously grabbing free Moving floating objects, objects yep. including potentially the other players. So, from what I understand about like the preservation of angular momentum, <laughs> <laughs> I think we can do some pretty fun stuff where you can be sort of flying past an object grab it and that's going to start the both of you spinning around each other while still heading in that same velocity i'm pretty sure that's how that works we'll, i'm just we'll imagining you grab one of your teammates and well, you, that too. you're both you know uh facing in the same direction and you and you launch you know, launch off towards yeah. the soccer ball slash, you know, big sphere in the middle. Well, yeah, in the Rocket League <laughs> side of things, yeah. But even in the regular game, I'm thinking, like, even if it's just debris or we did talk about mines. So, I'm, I'm, I like the idea of, like, a floating mine that if you get within range of it, it's going to it's gonna blow up within three seconds. But if you grab it, you've got time to, like, do one spin and let it go when you're pointing at the right angle, essentially. Yeah. Uh, that uh, you can fling it off. Um, and one of the power-ups can be that you can you can lay the mines. Yeah, potentially, yeah. One of the things that we that we started getting excited about, well, I certainly got excited about, is mm-hmm. the fact that there are so many different power-ups that you can immediately think of when you think mm. of, like, a, a 2D shooter. But one of the power-ups that I started laughing about, because I last night I decided to go and play, like, the Atari 2600 version of yes. um, Asteroids having a retro power-up in which it turns you into the asteroid ship in which you no longer <laughs> are attacking with flames. You're actually attacking with, with the um, with the dots. You lose yep. a little bit of that um, angular drag. So, yeah. maybe different characters have different different drag sort of levels. We could, yeah, we can certainly, and, yeah, we can certainly and just, affect that. I'm, I'm getting the, the feeling that this could actually be a lot of fun that, you know, you can... But as the asteroid ship, if you run into a wall, you blow up <laughs> at at certain velocities. Yes, if you if you're going, you know, full tilt into the wall, yes, you're gonna you, you're gonna blow up. You if, you get, if you're going below a certain speed, then or be- below a certain velocity, you're just gonna bounce off. But you're gonna be yeah. like spinning around and off kilt away, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's where that we did talk about p- potentially. That's where some of the control scheme stuff comes in as well. That Regardless of your control scheme, if you pick that up, no, you're you've got the old asteroid oh, yeah. style. It, rotate. It is a full-on retro that your thrust is now <laughs> a fire button. Like, well, I think your thrust would need to say the thrust button. I think your grab is now a fire button because you still need to be able to thrust. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you definitely. can no longer grab. You can no longer, um, you know, sort of change. You can no longer the damage the- with your with your flames. Yeah, 
but uh, I, I'm just imagining like a 30 second power up of retro. Mm. Like mm. it could it could actually be a game changer because you've now oh, got yeah. a, you've now got a smaller you've got a ranged attack. You got a ranged attack. You're a smaller target. Like potentially, yeah. But you've got old school controls. <laughs> yeah, and unlimited speed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, unlimited thrust. Actually, unlimited, unlimited thrust. Yes. Yes, because it is, and and potentially a higher max velocity, mm. because that is a hallmark of asteroids. It's just like <laughs> just zooming across the screen, you know, crossing it in an instant. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What? What? We haven't actually spoken about this. What? Um. What are you envisioning the size of the players is proportional to the screen and the level? So, I was just thinking about that before, because I was thinking, you know, if you did, like, an Asteroids clone, you could make it so that it w- works on the phone. But that mm. that then needs a lot a lot bigger sort of sprites. When you're talking yep. a 1920 by 1080 sort of screen, mm. you've got a little bit more, like, room to move around. So, I think- Yes. Um- Potentially like five or ten percent of the screen size for your sprite size. Like it doesn't. You got a massive arena. I'm thinking sort of Towerfall. Towerfall has yeah, like well, a five to ten percent. Yes, size. I think Towerfall size is not too bad. Uh, I, it will be interesting to see how much, like with the sort of thrust and velocity that we give, how long it will take to like move across a space like that. Uh, because yeah, I, I think we we're both thinking of it as like a single screen level, essentially, it, not not a split screen thing. Not a split screen thing. Just you can, just, you yeah. pretty much can't have like the um, you can't have the 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 wrapping wrapping around with like a cinema machine or anything like that. Like it just wouldn't work. Yeah. So true, you couldn't yes. go in in close, you know, to show something happening. However, what you could do is like do a replay. Like if you if you yeah, happen to, yeah, yeah. to track the replay and then you can sort of do a cinema machine on that of, of showing what actually happened in that in that last kill. Mm. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> having some like slow motion replays in there could definitely be cool. Seeing your character just like flip around and then hit the the thrust and blast the other person in a huge burst of flames. What I'm actually enjoying about this whole this whole thing is we're talking about a game that you know we just on a whim. I don't know. We said yesterday. I think we should do like mm. just a test game uh, before Global Game Jam uh, 2022. Just don't give ourselves the weekend limit, but uh, give ourselves the the limit of a simple game. Yeah, yeah a simple game that we you know single potentially try try to get done by the game jam. Uh, in you know, I mean, obviously, if it's going well, we'd continue it afterwards. But no, I think it's good. It, it essentially- It's also 2D for the first time. We're actually talking, you know, yeah, using- Actual sprites. Uh, part of which is, I think, uh, because Ryan is, is working a lot in 2D at the oh, moment. Oh, he's doing um, some amazing stuff in 2D right now. Like, mm. he's doing some- He's really- he's, he's, His illustration chops have, have certainly uh, grown over the past few years since we've been working with him on this stuff. Mm. So, I'm looking forward to- some of the backgrounds he can put together and, and you know, he's also- I kind of want a 2.5D stuff happening as well, though. Like, having some 3D stuff in the background is, you know, depending on the level, like- Do you mean, like, 
the, if it's in the, space, the, like you, you can you that can you can have like, like a, actual three D asteroids sort of floating past in the background or something. Yeah, yeah, you could do some, you could do some stuff with that for sure. Or uh, I mean that you, the you benefit of got Unity, a ma- you got a massive Saturn and you and you're going through mm. somewhat of the um of the ring. You see the ring sort of with all the intersecting the level. <laughs> well, that could be fun. <laughs> there's there's a whole there's a whole asteroid part that there's just asteroids coming through and if you get yeah. the retro power up you can destroy all the asteroids and turn them into little <laughs> oh, yeah, okay okay Simple that, that was me <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. going over over the board i mean they, 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 this is what this is part of the reason we wanted to bring it to the podcast is we were starting to take it in some you know further 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 uh, levels taking it a bit further than than what we might actually be able to build but you know, it's fun to brainstorm this stuff. So yeah, and and because we were actually having a good time talking about, oh, we could have a shield power up, and then we can have, mm. you know, as I said before, the power up that immediately fills up and fills up your rocket power again. Yeah, we were also talking it about gives potentially- you instant sticky. Like you, you can basically go into into anything at any at any level at it's any like velocity, sticky, and, just and like- then launch off again. Like yeah, uh, nitro well, you flames can- <laughs> where you've got massive flames coming at the back of your Get a pinball power up that, like, instead of being able to grab it, just bounces you off at the exact or at at a higher velocity than you hit it, uh, <laughs> like a bumper on a pinball thing. Yeah, it's actually that's, blasting you off. That's fun. <laughs> we also we also talked about potentially smoke based uh, power ups that that and uh, we poison clouds we'll just, and we'll probably have some particle based smoke that we have in there as well. But having that actually, yeah, like okay, you get this and for five seconds you blast out. You know, larger, denser smoke that get that damages people as you go through that sort of thing uh, could be really cool as well. And obviously, if you if you've got a black background, say we we start building it on on like a very simple space scene which has that sort of stuff. Obviously, your smoke is going to be wanted is going to want to be of a, of the lighter color and and that sort of stuff. And I started thinking geometry walls and and like the crazy particle effects that they were oh. having in that but with like cool lighting now that now that um unity now supports you know 2d lights and all this sort of stuff mm-hmm. like there's so much stuff that you can do with 2d right now that it kind of brings it yeah into- we'll, we'll have a lot of we'll have a lot of power to to mess with and there are other you know they don't all have to be just outer space levels they can be like look at have space station type levels like internally on a space station yeah. uh we could have even on a planet even though like it's everything we've talked about has been zero g you know you can whatever you can get over it <laughs> doesn't have to always make perfect sense I, I i'm now imagining that okay this is kind of a flappy bird level in which you're in which you're fighting people but you're having to keep you know in between in between the pipes that are coming across the level so you're still fighting people <laughs> actually actually flappy bird I, I do like that idea actually of having a level where it is on a planet and you have some gravity because that alters things a lot like i think you can still get a good velocity up but now if you let go you're going to start to fall and that really will change the strategy mm. of how you manage to get your flames on people because you don't want to start falling too fast and damage yourself, so you're often going to have to be. Or you, you know, kind pointy. of start getting Moonlander f- physics of exactly. You, know, yeah. you turn yourself up vertical, and it's like, okay, I've just got a little bit of thrust, but it's like you're you basically turn a constantly teabag your opponents. 
<laughs> um, but the problem is, you've got to get that power up off the top that refills all, all mm. your rocket power. Otherwise, you're going to fall, fall too fast, into the abyss. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's some really cool levels we could do for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. Like, I'm re- and still fighting against people. Like, when you mm. when you teabagging, you're attacking. <laughs> like, well, that's so- what I mean. Yeah, that that's the point. You're, you're you're trying to get them with your flames, and so you're essentially having to just like dunk get above them. them and <laughs> <laughs> you're it also it also was it will also play a little bit like joust then, where yes. you're trying to get above them uh, to damage them. That that's that's really fun. There's a lo- there's a lot to that. That shift in in mechanics, uh, and it's very different for us because it's not narrative based. Like mm. we're always about the narrative base. So mm. Um, mm. I think we can leave this one here for the moment. Um, yeah, I think we'll leave this one here. I'm really I'm excited to to start building it with you, Trevor, and we'll we'll maybe put some stuff up if we uh, on the Bitstorm uh, social stuff if we actually get to the point of having something to show off. Hey, imagine imagine if by the time this episode comes out, we actually had like a full graphic thing because that's right. I'm in isolation right now. <laughs> like I can't go anywhere, so I might as well do this. Like that's true. That's true. Uh, so we'll have to see how how well Ryan goes on getting some graphics in there too. But- oh, he said that he's he's going to be busy for the next month, so it's going to be shitty graphics from <laughs> right programmer tr- for the next shitty Trevor while. graphics. You'll see how bad I am with with graphics. Maybe I'll grab our carrot from our previous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we actually did a game jam a, a while ago in which we tried to do. We did do two D then. We did that do was 2D, one time. Actually. We have done yep. some two D. Yeah, we tried to do a Starch Wars. Starch Wars. Um, we had a carrot moving around, and it, I. I thought it was a good animation. I thought that was actually quite mm. cool. What I did with that, with the jumping and yeah, we had a and- carrot running around. It was attempting to be a grenade-based game. That was our kind of goal for it. Yeah, uh, which I still think you could do some cool stuff with. Uh, and we ended up with just thousands of lettuces, I think, or cabbages uh, that would like roll towards you. And and I'm quite proud of the pathfinding that we ended up with to yes, let same. that bounce across uh, levels and stuff. I can't even remember how I freaking did that now, but yeah, that uh, that was fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, you you had all these different connections between you know whether they could fall down off this or whether they could jump up onto the next one. That's like, right, I did. But they were they were you had no connections and all this stuff. From, yeah. They were automatically generated from the levels. So. Yes, yeah. and I was trying to do the level. And I got bored of it about... <laughs> I'm not a level designer. <laughs> yeah. I've learned we, that. We did, have, we did have some trouble with that one, with uh, getting to the end. And that's the downside of a sort of more a longer uh, game self-driven jam. and longer game jam. Yeah, that's right. That was a week one, I think, uh, that we are just doing in the evenings. Uh, so, yeah, the benefit of the global game jam is we... L- intentionally lock ourselves away for those 48 hours but it's also we're not doing vr this time at global game jam so i'm excited for that like yeah we're, i think we're be- gonna try something a little bit smaller and scope this now see how we all work yeah. together and see you know do and we need someone else knock some of the rust off like literally you and i mostly do all our game design game development in a year at the Global Game Jam. Yeah. Uh, with some occasional, you know... It's like me and golf. Inspiration in between. I play over Christmas and then I'm yeah. done for the year. <laughs> right. 
um with game jams and that sort of stuff is like i play in january and then i don't have time the rest of the year it's just too hard for us to do something like a let them dare over a weekend like we can't ignore our families for a weekend and actually dedicate enough time (laughs) i can't uh usually okay anyway click pitch is a game that we're about to play this game we have a random word generator we take that random word generator we on the count of three two one click we get a couple of new words an adjective and a noun we take those words we throw them at each other we create a game design very similar to what we just did with the other one face of flames (laughs) (laughs) flames in your face flames in your face um and then when it doesn't work, because it quite often doesn't, we restart and do it all over again. Three, mm-hmm. two, one. Not dad this week. <laughs> yeah, enough dad stuff. Uh, unavailable neighbor. Upright umbrella. Hmm. So your neighbor is unavailable because they've blown away in their umbrella. <laughs> I'm sort of seeing this. As a 2D, a 2D side-scroller. Mm-hmm. In which... Uh, uh, because of Umbrella, I'm seeing, you know, rain and your character having to keep dry. Okay. What if your character was the Wicked Witch of the West? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm with you. Yes, and? And obviously has the Umbrella because if she gets wet... She will melt. Mm-hmm. So, all the levels of the game is sort of like a puzzle platformer sort of thing, in which yep. you're you're trying to keep dry, keep dry. You know, maybe she's transport. She's been transported into this world, uh, which has cars and that sort of stuff. And occasionally, you've got to be like, okay, I need to be need to get behind this pole because I hear a car coming, and the big puddle sort of splashes up but she's behind the pole right. she's okay she walks forward a little bit further okay i, I like the idea of uh an umbrella based puzzle game might as well make it the wicked witch of the west because who else can't get wet that it turns out that she lampoons on the side as mary poppins because she can get the bit of floaty stuff happening well so that's where i was going to go and and similar to to the other game we we're discussing starting to really figure out what are the different things you can do with the umbrella and then how does that alter the gameplay in that way? Slash the level. So, yeah, and all the level. So, I'm thinking like, yes, if it's raining, then obviously you need to be holding the umbrella above you. But it's not always raining. But it's not always raining. Perhaps we have like specific rain clouds, literally like a single rain cloud that comes across dropping rain. So, while that's coming across or if you need to cross that area where that cloud is- you have to have the the umbrella up or find some other way to avoid the rain, uh, which we can talk about whether there are other ways. But, yes, I kind of like the idea of, oh, there's a car coming. It might be you need to get behind something or it might just be I need to be- um, Not near the puddle. um, Or, yeah, not near the puddle. Or if I am near the puddle, I need to put the umbrella out in front of me, like forward, as in sort of forward in- the way of the, the level going, because the water's going to come like this. Yeah, towards towards the camera. Well, may- maybe, or I was thinking towards where, like, it depends on how, it depends on how you want to sort of 
it would depend on the art style and that sort of thing. I could see it being that like the the car essentially splashes water sort of forward, and so you need to have the umbrella facing in the direction of where the uh, the car is coming from, or something like that. I know, I know, I went all in on the Wicked Witch of the West, but I'm kind of thinking, <laughs> what if a guy just got his suit dry cleaned? And he's just trying to get home. He's had to wear the suit home from the dry cleaner. And he doesn't want to get dirt and shit all over it. And basically, you get a score based on um, how dirty it is. It's Jerry Seinfeld and his suede jacket that he doesn't (laughs) want to turn inside out because it's it's pink on the inside or whatever. Or like candy cane stripe. Uh, (laughs) It can just be different characters. We can have a bunch of different characters. Different characters. And Mary Poppins character. All of whom don't want to get wet for various reasons. A character who does not want to get sunburnt. So, he's just trying to- He's having like a sun umbrella. Wait, but then that's altering all the gameplay (laughs) as well. No, I'm saying each level has different- Oh, each level. I was more thinking just like being able to switch out your character art. Um, and, and backstory. But, okay, you're saying that different levels might have different reasons for an umbrella. Yeah. Maybe it's the okay. same umbrella. It's the one umbrella. Maybe in some levels you're a spy who doesn't want to be recognized, and so you're using the umbrella as, as like, a way to hide your face. It's actually- uh, It's from a different world, and it's actually called Umbrella, Brella, Brella, A, A, A. Uh, that's its name? Yes. That's its full name that's of its the umbrella. Na- that's its full name, and we get the rights to Rihanna's song, Umbrella, in which she goes, mm-hmm. Umbrella, Ella, Ella, A, 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 And we play that, we just play that clip whenever it needs to say its name. Yes. It's like a direct rip. We haven't even taken the background music out of it. It's just- <laughs> <laughs> we took the karaoke at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm I'm more interested in I think the the idea of the the different things you can do with the umbrella because I'm thinking having parts of the level where you literally have to like float on the umbrella across some water, like using it as a boat mm-hmm. potentially, um, and then yes, having sections where you need to like float down from somewhere, you can use it as essentially as a glide. Because then you can have things where it's like, oh, I need to glide over here. Oh, crap, I'm not going to make it. Instead, flip the umbrella so it's facing down, land in the water, and then float you- float yourself across. But, you know, if you don't get over there before this rain cloud comes across where you need to have it above your head, you know, <laughs> so sort of having those sort of decisions that you need to make about essentially just which direction you're pointing the umbrella. <laughs> which. <laughs> which direction, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I wonder if you could also have some things around- West. I bet you it's West. <laughs> Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> which direction? Oh, which direction? <laughs> right. <laughs> there is a Wicked Witch of the East, though, right? She's dead. She, she had a house dropped on her. Yeah, I know. But that's that's the bonus level is you have to be her and dodge the houses. Uh, <laughs> but you fail the first house. It's like, that's the tutorial <laughs> oh, level. It's like, bang, the yeah, tutorial yeah. level. And it's... Uh, <laughs> Well, but she, the, uh, she, maybe she can't get wet either. So, yeah, it's a tutorial level. You teach them the umbrella mechanics and then the her house falls the on her umbrella. And, the, and the umbrella goes across. <laughs> yeah. The umbrella flies off and her sister gets it. 
you could maybe have some mechanics of, around the umbrella being opened or closed as mm-hmm. well. Like if you can, I don't know, maybe you can like pick locks with it when it's closed or like attack, you know, like maybe you're even doing combat with it when it's closed. Oh, it, it, it totally, it totally turns into like a Kingsman, the secret service, you know, um, yeah, there you go. Mass, massive battles with, with the umbrella. So it's not only your weapon, uh, where you can hook people's legs and take them down and, you know, sort of stab them in the face with the, um, with a sharp pointy end. But then it also, sp- it also stops the rain. Surprise, all, all surprise. the blood c- coming all over you after you stab <laughs> someone blood. in the face. And- <laughs> you just, you just stab someone with it and then open it and they just explode. <laughs> you stab it through them and open it up and pull it back through and it's like it's got oh a big God. it's got a big like umbrella shaped hole. <laughs> well then, but then your umbrella's gonna be like flipped backwards and you have to do something to like you have to hit someone <laughs> else in to, the face with it. Have to go th- through someone else, yeah, to Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think there is some cool mechanics stuff you can do there, but uh, I think we'll end it on the Wicked Witch uh, impaling people with her umbrella and uh, click again. It's only Dorothy. You know, that famous scene. (laughs) That famous scene from the Wizard of Oz. It's only Dorothy. It's fine. They're just all Dorothys. Industrial stumble. (laughs) Frantic laugh. (laughs) Frantic laugh? So this is the Joker. <laughs> he stumbled into a vat of industrial chemicals acid, yep. or acid or whatever and became the Joker. And now he has a frantic laugh. Okay. Yep. Cool. Origin story. Now, is this a companion piece to Batman Arkham Asylum? So it's that sort of thing. Or is this like a hark, a, you know, harken back to the old Ness 2D <laughs> Batman sort of We games. are doing like, very 2D-ish stuff tonight. I mean, I'm just imagining playing, the, you know, the Crown Prince of Crime, you know, in a in a Joker Arkham. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big DC guy. I don't know my Joker lore that well. But I feel like there must be some interesting things we can do with the Joker. He's much less of a... A brawler sort of character, so I wonder if you'd want to. He's more of a gadget slash magic. Ga- definitely gadgets, um, particularly if they're themed correctly. You know, he's got the whole chattering teeth, the 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 gun with the bang coming out of it, like big joke bombs. Uh, you know, anything like that. Seltzer bottles, clown stuff. You know, yeah, seltzer bottles with acid in them. Yeah, melting melting those people's yeah. faces. Yeah. Hanging people from endless handkerchiefs, like <laughs> killing Robin. It, that's the whole thing. That is that juxt- juxtaposition? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, surely by now the Joker's killed every like <laughs> the hero character in the in the in the uh, in the Batman lore. Uh, by the time you get across all the comics, okay. Casting. I mean, we have to just have Mark Hamill. Surely, exactly. Yes. Yes. Uh all right, but on the on the gameplay side of things, I wonder if. So yes, I think um, gadgets. Mm-hmm. I think also henchmen is an interesting thing. Like he's often, and particularly being any Batman uh, bad guy, mm-hmm. particularly if you go back to like the Adam West Batman, <laughs> where every single uh, one this, has the same henchman every, every single week, where they all have henchmen. Uh, and, and the themed henchmen that they're all, you know, in I, the right colours I actually want to go back and I want to see, are they always the same henchmen? 
because in my mind you think they, they just are, hire the same stunt people. It, it's always the it, same extras. people. Uh, they just take maybe they just you know from week to week they both they don't talk. So yeah, so in one episode, if you've talked, you can't talk for another three episodes, and then they'll forget about you by then. I mean, why wouldn't you if you've got a good crew of of fight stunt people? They know how to f- take a take a. They know how to take a bant for it. No, not a bant for it. Would be a pow, <laughs> a pow. They know how to take a pow from Batman or Robin, right to the right to the crown jewels, right in the kisser. Do we do we want to go like a Caesar Romano, like nineteen sixties Batman s nineteen sixties makeup over the mustache inspired yeah. <laughs> Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That's so fucking great. <laughs> uh, yeah, we could. Um, I mean, that that's just that is calling out for just a brawler. That as you're as you're hitting, you're seeing the pow and the and the wax and bamps. Again, and- though, playing as the Joker, I almost feel like it's a different sort of game. I wonder if we're figuring out something from the other side where you're almost laying traps or like deploying henchmen in some way that that the 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 Batman and Robin are getting through before they reach you or something. Okay, so it's kind of like what was what was the the dungeons game that you you set up a dungeon and then you know you're you're playing the bad guy and you you're setting oh, up Oh, for- like a dungeon keeper? Yeah, dungeon keeper. Yeah, maybe like a dungeon keeper or like an orcs must die kind of deal uh where you're setting up I could definitely see a a Joker-themed orcs must die sort of thing, where you can set up cascading traps. <laughs> but he has to put out a Craigslist ad for, for like- um, For henchmen. For clown-based henchmen. <laughs> <laughs> must enjoy wearing makeup. <laughs> must must, lo- must love crime and hate and hate Batman. With a passion. Do you think the henchmen- Do you think the henchmen follow that whole thing of, like, every clown's makeup must be different because, like, it's their signature look? It depends. I mean, the out-of-work clowns, yes. But just Mm. the regular Craigs from Craigslist, because it's just a list of all Craigs. (laughs) It's just Um, a list of all the Craigs. So, the regular Craigs, they're they're, they're fine. The clown list, though, yeah, you're definitely going to have different makeup. Mm. Mm. Well, those are the, the, like, your- uh Your elites. You're elites, yeah. Uh, they're named clowns, and yeah. when they get taken out, you know they get put up in the hall of clowns or whatever with their specific yeah with their well, specific isn't it, isn't face, with, face with their egg. Have you seen that? Oh yes, apparently yes. yes. Like you when you, when you become an official clown or whatever in some p- specific organization, you get an egg put in a specific place with your makeup painted on it. Mm. Maybe your egg gets cracked. If you do, if the once that elite dies, it gets they get boiled taken out and of the eaten hole. by all the other. <laughs> it gets eaten then, by all the other clowns. But the problem is, like, they consume his power. Yeah, um, you know, you know, when they talk about hundred year eggs, that's pretty much like the quality of the eggs. Like it, it depending on how oh, old. Not, yeah, yeah. If they're not clowns, been around for a while. Mm. But that, they they all eat it and they they consume its power. Yeah. It makes all the other clowns more powerful until the Joker is the only one left. Mm. And uh, is the one, is the Jet Li 
Jet Li's the one of clowns. He's the Highlander of clowns because he's taken all oh, their power yes. in. Because he's just eating all the eggs. Like, he's having eggs for breakfast. Like, you kill a clown and he's just getting more power. Yeah. It's little known fact, but the clowns actually lay those eggs. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're egg-laying mammals. Yeah. They're, they're, they basically turn into platypi. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a monotreme. It's echidnas, platypi. I don't think that's the real word. And clowns. Yes. Uh, yeah, they're all, they're all on their own little uh, branch of the the tree of life. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's what people don't realize that clowns aren't actually human. It's why people get freaked out about. I it. mean, I think some people realize. <laughs> clowns do. Clowns know that they're not human. I mean, I tell every clown that I come across, make sure they know that they're not human. All right, three, two, and click. Kidnapped repertoire. Predicted swimming. It's a kidnapping attempt that's being predicted at a swimming pool. Predicted by, like, a precog or... Yeah, I mean, we, we, could set, we could set it in Minority Report times. This is before, like, the whole... Before the whole thing that they realised that you can't, you know arrest people for crimes that they haven't committed because there was mm. a chance that they weren't going to commit that crime. Mm. The uh, aforementioned minority report. Uh, or, okay, I feel like that's maybe going a bit too <laughs> off the rails already. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is, because of repertoire, maybe this is a serial kidnapper. Yes, okay. And their MO is that Kidnapping they kidnap at swimming pools. From- <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes. Because cereal boxes have agency and are people yes. in this world. <laughs> this is a this is in pantry land. Well you said you said serial kidnapper. I'm like, This is in pantry land. You said serial kidnapper. If you don't mean serial <laughs> No, they just they kidnap the mascots from the cereal boxes. <laughs> They cut them out with so scissors. So fucking <laughs> Snap and Crackle have shown up at your door. You're a private investigator. And, and Pop was like, cut out Pop's of their box. Pop's been kidnapped. <laughs> Pop, we woke up this morning and all that was left was a hole in the cardboard that was Pop-shaped. <laughs> but they're, they're in full 3D in front of you and you're kind of like, how the fuck does this work? When they go to sleep, when they go to sleep, they hop back into their boxes and, and sort of morph, meld back into it is, is a 2D shape. So that beg- this begs the question or leads to the question, what serial mascot, which isn't really a thing we have in Australia, and we sort of discussed that before, but we'll have to go with the American ones mostly. What serial mascot is most likely to be, like, the private investigator of Serial Town? Mm. Or Pantry Land, or if we want to expand it beyond Serial. Yep. Um, kind of like a Mr. Muscle, um, if, we're, if we're branching Whoa. out. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe, oh, no, like- No, I've, I've got it. I've got it. Maybe the bears from uh, the Fabric Softener? Oh, that, that could be it. What about Toilet Duck? Toilet Duck is the prime investigator. Yeah. Exactly. He can only speak in quacks. <laughs> Just a really... Quack. We had the one weeks ago where it was where PIs could only speak in baby speak. Now they're only speaking in, in quacks. It's not a uh, noir thing this time. Like, no, it's no, not no, like okay. you got a voiceover of the, of the duck going, 
And so I went into the room, and I saw them smoking over there. And I went up to them, and I said, Quack! <laughs> as I saw, as I walked into the pantry, all I could see was holes in cereal boxes. Just holes in every box. I nearly threw up. It was disgusting. Um, okay, Toilet Duck, maybe you're going a little bit far. That was just my comedic one. Mr. Muscle is... Mr. Muscle isn't a bad one. He, I'm he's an enforcer, of- though. Like, uh, Yeah. Trying to think of any the, the, mascots are so few and far between these days. I feel like on on Cat Chocula. Um, I mean, yeah, you've got you know you've got Tony Taya, you've got Count Chocula, you've got Cap and Crunch. But again, these are the American ones that we don't tend to. Mm-hmm. Monopoly yeah, man. Tri- the Monopoly Rabbit. man. Monopoly man is maybe one, a good one, one of the characters from Cluedo, Mister Body. Mr. Body is the, um... <laughs> Just one of the people in Guess Who happens to be a really good crocodile. <laughs> and you know it's a hand. It's Anne. Yeah. yeah. Anne, Anne with the hat and the red hair. I don't know. I, don't... I just said a name, like the first name that came to my head. I'm sure there's an Anne in Guess Who. It depends on which one you're talking about. The, the really, really weird, fucked up old one in which, for some reason... Girl is a feature, like, that only has six bloody choices and the rest are all bloody men. Well, that's all right, because I'm pretty sure we have a version of Guess Who. I think there are even men and women. There are. They're all, they're all white. They're all white. Oh, no. No, <laughs> we've, we've got a version that actually, ha- it's the official Guess Who. It's not like one of those cheap Kmart-y ones. Um, I mean, ours, are is equal thing, now. ours is definitely cold Guess Who, but they're, they may be an equal. old one. Um Let's just say that that now black is a feature, which is not great. Mm. But they're still well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I would. It's much- hard to it's hard to get all of your sort of uh, physical attributes. Yeah. even I would imagine. Um, yeah, enough anyway. of that. Guess Let, let's. We are way off track here. <laughs> what are the rules of this world? What are the rules of this I mean, if, if it is a guess who person, are they just a head? <laughs> well, now I'm picturing... <laughs> just a floating head and... Well, well, they could be, but now I'm also picturing how creepy it would be. Because if they do meld back into sort of their original forms, that they do actually have a body in there. And so, they essentially, the head kind of peels off like it's been cut out. And then the whole rest of the body, like, pulls itself out of that ring, hole. And ring style. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Um, coming out of this this space, they shouldn't be able to fit into. Because mm. otherwise, you just if you if you if you're really leaving it to how they're drawn, then you know someone who's someone who's drawn with an arm behind someone else doesn't have an arm, or you know that you, you you're running into a lot of limitations there. Mm. Although that could still be fun. It could be. <laughs> uh, I'm going to click again because this. Yeah, this one's kind of rambly. This whole episode's kind of rambly. <laughs> Orchestral rival. Faint firing. Okay, so we've got an orchestra. And within an orchestra, there's, there's always your, like, rivalries within orchestras to get, like, first chair and second chair and, like, to be yeah. a, a more featured a, a more featured player in the orchestra. So, I think this is some sort of narrative thing around- Yes. Based around that. Now, are they playing practical jokes on each other? 
So it's kind of like a spy versus spy thing of, you know, the the two hmm. tuba players are pulling pranks on each other. Like one can set up their set up the person's chair to be, you know, one of the legs is half sword in half, and, mm-hmm. and the other one's like put put awful taste awful tasting stuff on their like mouthpiece oh they put malic acid all the way around the mouthpiece so it's like that Mm -hmm. sour stuff from warheads yeah perfect i mean could you imagine go (laughs) just like trying to blow into a tube of mouthpiece (laughs) while your your face is just puckering into itself It, it it's so powerful that it almost sucks itself inside out yeah I don't know if that's the main gameplay though. I like that as maybe a background thing where there are this this maybe it's a high school orchestra, uh-huh. so you can so some of the that real japery really like makes sense from the the you know. Are you the teacher that is that is looking after these kids and you've got to try and stop all the practical jokes Ooh, from God. happening while you know talking to the kids and and helping them through problems. Yeah, I guess it depends on what sort of gameplay we're going for here. Let's make me think a bit more about, uh, yeah, like a narrative thing essentially of maybe this is maybe in the maybe in the vein of uh, like a sitcommy kind of thing about a class, like like an AP Bio or something, or a or uh, a <laughs> Mister Cotter. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back, Cotter. Like uh, something where it's you know the class. But in this case, it's the school orchestra. And it's all about these six kids. There's so many other kids in this orchestra, but it's oh, only yeah. these six kids that you care They're about. They're all background. Yeah. Or like a Saved by the Bell or something. Like it's, yeah, you've got your core group and they've got relationships I'm going I'm sorry, on. Sally. I don't have time for you. The six need me. <laughs> the six. And it's all, yeah, they get all the best spots in the orchestra, even though they're not actually that good. (laughs) I mean, that's it. We could go a bit meta with it in that, like, episodic way where, yeah, you do have, like, this section is, okay, here's the episode, you know, where where, um, (laughs) Jimmy had a wet dream. Oh, God. It's high school. It's not even related. None of their problems are even related to the orchestra. It just happens to be the orchestra is the setting for it. I mean, it, it's it's better where, than where I took my firing, and that was that Jimmy brought a gun to school. Oh God! And that was that yeah, was a really that's bad- a very special episode where they talk about school shootings. Yeah, but nothing actually happens. It's just that you know he, um, you know the teacher teacher finds it before something happens, and it's all starting and, to sound very Degrassi as well. Yeah, he learns a lesson, <laughs> uh, but then gets arrested. Uh, yeah, because, you know, there's a zero tolerance uh, law put in place. And then Sally becomes a main mem- main cast member and she was the one who was- Yeah, she becomes first chair. It's amazing. Like, we had to cycle them out. Uh, the get, contract get- for Billy's voice actor was at an end. And- I thought it was Jimmy. <laughs> or Jimmy. Jimmy and Billy. It- the, no, the, Jimmy the and twins. the wet dream. Jimmy and Billy, the twins. They have two problems this episode. Jimmy had a wet dream and Billy bought a gun to school. <laughs> Guess which one's the A story? <laughs> it's the wet dream. <laughs> you and I just knew exactly exactly where we were both going on that one. That's great. Sixth planetary. Threatening theatre. Threatening? Threatening theatre. Threatening theatre. 
<laughs> I don't know how to make it a game, but I love the idea of just threatening theatre where you <laughs> go at your own risk as an audience member because it's you're going to feel threatened. You're going to feel like you're in danger. It, it's literally like a Star Trek-like story where you're going through space and you come across an alien being and they, they start going to attack you and you threaten to, to put on a show for them and they, <laughs> they, they back down. It's like, rather oh, dark in the second we've season. We've heard about humans and their theatre. No, don't put us through that. We couldn't bear it. You were famous across the land. What was yours, sorry? Sixth Planetary. Okay, we'll take that. And these are the words that I'm actually going to say. Infect rage. Ooh. Okay. What's the sixth planet? It's Saturn? Yes. Saturn. So, I think this is a mining corporation that are mining the um the, the moons of Saturn. The rings or the moons, yep. And... On, when they, when they went down to one of the moons, I can't remember what all the moons are are actually no called. Idea. If there's actually like if it was Jupiter, all- I'd know a little bit more. <laughs> Europa, or is that Jupiter too? Titan. Oh, it is. Ta- it is Titan. Okay, Saturn maybe- has eighty two moons. Yeah. So is Ganymede there as well? Or uh, Ganymede, Titan. That might be Io. Ju- Io is Jupiter, I think. Titan, Hyperion. Mm? I've heard of Hyperion. Um, okay, let, let, let's let's go with Titan. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the classic. That's the classic. Um, Prometheus. So, oh, yeah. really? Wow. Calypso. There's a lot named after various. Yeah. Um, you know. Okay. On Titan, mm-hmm. there was an outbreak of rage. Ooh. Okay. Like. Like literally, it's, a, it's, it's sort of like some a sort of space disease. Space disease that has been seen throughout. Like it's sort of been kept hush hush, but it's it's from from these different mining colonies around the different moons because there's mm. yeah the one course. on Prometheus. Uh, like it was just destroyed. Prometheus is no longer like literally. Uh, people the don't moon talk- itself. The moon itself has been destroyed. Like, um, it's sort of like the the rage. You know, I'm thinking the government or the or the mining corporation actually uh, self destructed Prometheus to stop mm-hmm. this virus from getting out. Gotcha. And then they they publicly it, they just call it space madness. Yeah. And, and it's uh, just like, oh, they like it just happens sometimes. We don't know why people go nuts in space. I think the idea is that they everyone. do know why. And it's kind of like a zombie like virus where people just go crazy, but it's more of a um rather than a, a lumbering sort of z- sort of zombie, it's more of a like full on aggressive Yeah, I think it more just alters their personality and they feel no Almost pain. Almost like a bit of a brain parasite in yeah, some way. They where- feel no pain. They get hyper-violent. They- yeah, but they still have all their knowledge. They still have their intelligence. So, they, they can be cunning, but yeah. they, they will also take out other other zombies. And I think this is one of the mm. things that they don't- they're, they're kind of like, in D&D sense, they're neutral in the fact that they're not evil. They will just take out whatever's in their way. And if that's there, another zombie- Do you think there's 
Yeah. So they basically just become rabid. What do they then, what do they sort of, what is the purpose then of this virus in that, like, how does it spread? Um, is it just if you get attacked or too close or like blood infection or whatever? I don't think it's blood infection. I think it's actually aerosolized. Like airborne. Mm. But it's, it's only at a certain point. So it's sort of like they got sprayed in the face by, you know, a pocket of this, this sort of stuff that was highly pressurized and it, the, the spores launched into their face and they, they all got... Ooh, spores. Okay. Yep. And so basically it sort of grows in the lungs and then they cough and, you know, the spores go mm. out and, and affect mm. other people. But it takes, you know, 72 hours of incubation or something like that. So... Is this then like a survival horror style Dead Space I so. game? I think so. Kind of a mix between Dead Space... Or like, or Last of Us sort of thing with um, alien isolation in a way where like these are intelligent things. They're not, like you said, they're not just lumbering zombies. They're not just, you know, they're not blind like the, the, the whatever's in, in Last of Us, the clickers and stuff. These are intelligent things and there's going to be only one in any particular area or there's going to be like one who has survived an alpha. longest and an alpha because they've taken out all the other ones uh, in their immediate surroundings, and, and, and maybe at certain points, some way, at certain points in the in the game, you're going to actually find that some of the betas actually listen to the to the alpha. Like they start getting a like the rage is only really really effective in the first like twelve hours. After that, they sort of settle into their rhythms and mm. they become so, a little bit more organised. Do they... Well, here's the thing, because you can be angry without going entirely animalistic and, like, losing the power of speech and stuff. Like, can they... Are these people still intelligent? Are they still going to talk to you? Are they still going to... I think the first 12 hours, it's one of those things where they will attack whoever they... Whatever they see on on site. Mm. And then when things start to settle down and they start to sort of... What's their... They reach some sort of equilibrium yeah. with the virus in their body. So, I think one of the scientists that you actually start talking to, mm-hmm. like, they are actually about 16 hours in after after they were administered to the, you know, they found out about the virus. They, yeah. they said, I was insane only for a small amount of time. It doesn't seem to continue on after that. And, you know, they're thinking they're oh, fine so they've and all been this sort of infected. stuff. Okay. Um, they know that they were infected and there's like- Try not to kill these things, you know. I need you to get down here and turn this on, and you know we're mm. all going to be fine. Like it's, um, I seem fine. I seem to seem to have full. Ooh, so then, is there some sort of environmental thing that re-triggers it or something? Or they get they get you know sixty eight hours in, and the last four hours is incredible pain, and you know their mind starts going a bit crazier. Well, I kind of yeah, I like the idea of. I definitely like the idea of not knowing whether someone is potentially infected or like if you've or got a traveling infected, companion, yeah. if you've got a traveling companion, you know, was infected. And if it's like heat that will, you know, re-trigger this virus in their brain and set them off, like th- now you've got some interesting 
or puzzles or different things that can happen where it's like, oh shit, or like it's something. Sun- it's something that they abs- um, they are triggered by something that they don't like. So, you know, or like an emotional thing. Yeah, when, when they when they get emotional or the, or they see someone who they really hate, you can just see their face just go instantly red and they just launch into you know mm. psychotic rage and then they calm down again. It's like, oh, sorry, I don't know what got over me. Like. And it's sort of like, okay, they calm down careful. once they've murdered the person. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that could be interesting. I'm kind of seeing this not as 3D, though. I see this as, like, okay. maybe a 2D side-scroller, Metroidvania-style. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just something about a Metroidvania that, to me, you know, travelling through the different screens and all that sort of stuff mm. that- well, you definitely get a different sense of, like, the layout of a place in that way. You, you sort of memorize the map in different ways. Exactly. Uh, and get a feel for the layout of the whole place. Yeah, I, I like that. And, you know, it's in, that a- Metroid, in that Metroidvania way, it's like, oh, I found the, the scientist who had the access to this area. And now I'm in, like, the lab section or whatever. And now you've got that whole section that you're going through and, you know, to find, to find whatever else and continue the story. That's cool. Are you still... So, in that way, is it maybe a bit of a, like, WSD to move uh, with a, a, a mouse controlling? Up to enter doors, basically, yeah. But, like, is, are you, like, do you have a gun? Are you, are you, like, aiming with the mouse kind of thing in that sort of um, way? Like a- I, I kind of like the idea of it not being so much combat-based, but more around... You know, sort of like a 2D adventure where there is some platforming elements and that sort of stuff. But Mm. it's also about, like, hiding. Because the scientist basically says you you do not want to kill any of these people. They they will get out of their infection and they'll be fine. Like, Mm. you know, as a very last resort. Okay, well, that could be an interesting challenge then. Like, you can shoot them. You can pull out a weapon and shoot them. But it's not one of these things where you've always got your weapon drawn. Yeah. Um, and in fact, if they if they see you draw your weapon, they're going to think, "Oh, you're going to kill me," and they're going to fucking go feral and and attack you. I mean, it may even be a stun baton sort of thing, like you know, mm. or a stun gun, a taser. But uh, it's a single shot sort of thing. Like you don't you don't have you don't have multiple well, multiple apps. What on could this. be interesting if it was based on? So I mean, we can do it based on emotional stuff. But if it was based on something like temperature or I don't know air quality or like something like that or like if they get you know because I'm just thinking like oh you can blast them with like a fire extinguisher or this one around it's going to cool them down and that like neutralizes the the active virus for that time but you know that's 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 and it makes it dormant again and then they're fine Hmm. until but, you know, if they, yeah, if they do heat up too much, you know, the, you're in a space station and, like, the sun comes round, you know, the, the you can't go through this section because you're facing the sun at this point. And if they walk through that sunlight, they're gonna, they're, it's going to set them off, even though it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not like burning sunlight. It's just, it's going to heat their body up enough that it's, you know, more likely to or will definitely make them- go wild yeah um i like i really like this idea just 
it's different to anything I've really seen out there. Like, most Metroidvanias are all about, you know, the different combat moves that you're going to get. But this is more around, you know, ooh, I can now open up this because I've got, you know, this sort of... I can analyse... Maybe you actually get, like, a, a scanner that you can now analyse different... Mm. Um, different like blood spots that you find around the place, you know, that you're, you're investigating and, and trying to get to the cause. Of- I do like that idea of an investigative Metroidvania yeah. in that way, where it's very much around the story is what unlocks different areas and your knowledge of what this thing is, you know, and it may be that, well, this area is blocked off because for some reason we don't know at this point, uh, Whenever anyone with the virus who has been previously infected goes in there, they they it sets them off again. They're like, we don't know why, and so it might be that discovering that it's heat or whatever is is what allows you to go through there because it's like, oh, like actually we can override the climate control in there and pull that down to yep. a low enough temperature, and now we can get through because you maybe need to like lead people through to different areas to like you know, do more research or, or get access to stuff. Um, I think what you find about find out about halfway through is the fact that Prometheus, the previous mining colony that this scientist had worked at, also mm. had an outbreak, mm. but was completely destroyed by the mining corporation when they found out about it. Like, and that was, you know, at 72 hours after the first infection. Is that, I wonder if, yeah, I wonder if you found, find out that like, oh, like, that mining colony was on the sun side of the moon or whatever, you know, because it was all solar powered. And so it never got below X temperature there. So they never, they never even got to make the realization that, that there can be a recovery from this. They just thought, oh, these people are done for. Mm. And then yes, wanted to cover it up. And it wasn't, it was only when this, maybe this scientist escaped by literally like, going out onto the surface, the cold surface of the moon or something, and then was rescued just before they died. And when they got on the ship, they were like, they were fine. And so, yeah, that could be an interesting backstory for that scientist. Uh, Yeah, that's that's cool. Different logs along the way, you know, this- yeah, of course. You you, you give exposition in various ways as you, like, maybe meet or save other people who are within this um, colony- I'm I'm just wondering if your character is literally walking around in one of those um like isolation suits the entire time, you know <laughs> that are that are kind of like the airfield ones and you've gotta like uh keep keep your oxygen level up and all this sort of stuff and you can play around with some of the different I, I don't space know if you want to do that for the whole game, but I think sections of it and I mean that again could be another section that you need to unlock. It's like, oh, we don't have access to the the airlock suits, so we can't go through this area that's been depressurized or whatever, or that's or, or that is filled with the spores. Filled with the spores, because, and we yeah, we don't want you like you're our last hope because you haven't been. Yeah, like literally everyone else in the facility you've come across has been exposed previously. Oh, what actually happened is you wake up in the brig because you oh, had a fight the night before. You had yeah. a fight the night before, and since then there has been an outbreak. But because the um because the brig has been sort of sealed off, yeah. You know. Oh, so there's a bit of an ironic thing where like you have a temper, your character has a short temper, but now you have to save the world from all the angry people <laughs> from the angry virus. It's only when you when you're drunk though, and the idea is that you don't drink. 
and, until until you get in the last level, you get the um until you get until, like, the, <laughs> until the, they find out that alcohol neutralizes the virus. <laughs> <laughs> And then he drinks it, and Popeye style, style, and his his muscles just start getting bigger, <laughs> and he just pieces the shit out of, like, God. the captain or something like that. In the like, best, in the biggest display of toxic masculinity <laughs> in a game ever shown. <laughs> um, no, but I, I think, I, yeah, I, I like that. I think that's really interesting. With. A more slower-paced investigative Metroidvania sort of thing uh, is is cool. Yeah, yeah, with some stealth elements and that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. You you can actually hear the footsteps coming, so you hide inside the locker, and you mm. know you see them go by, and they kind of stop for a second and turn and look, but then they move on. It's like oh. Yeah, well, that's it. I think you'd really switch between like those sort of sections where you're going through areas of, you know, whether you recently know, infected know, or either recently infected or, or it's just like hot. areas that are that are hot or you know that they haven't been able to, you know, gain access to the climate control there or they're on the sun side of the colony or whatever it is, and then switching that with, you know, escorting you know people who have been infected through and then having to deal with. You know, oh shit, something blew up and all the steam's coming into the room and you know that in like the next 10 seconds, these people are going to start attacking you. So you have to stun them or restrain Ooh, them or get out of there or whatever. That's when you look up in the top corner and, you know, the last gadget that you got is like a temperature meter and it's like mm, getting into, yeah. you know, Absolutely. danger zone and all this sort of stuff. You've got a nice little like sharpied line on there of like, this is the danger area of, of where they'll start turning. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I think having the essentially the idea of like a zombie or a rage zombie, but reversible, like coming in and out of it, is mm. is not that common. Uh, but that seventy two hours where they start coughing up the spores again, that's where you're going to start having some some issues. Yeah, maybe it's like if they go if they're like I think that it's that first amount of time, and then but then if they are too hot for too long. It like kicks off another phase of spore growth, where it, you know even being cold won't bring them back down until they've essentially exhaled all of those spores. Yeah, and it's kind of like uh, shingles or herpes that it's with you for life. Yeah, well, as far as we know, yeah, until they find a cure in, in the sequel, <laughs> which is uh, Europa. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. So there's our game Space Herpes, and uh, <laughs> I hope you really Space enjoy Spore. It. <laughs> our game Spore. That's never been done, right? It's never been a Spore game, as far as I know. No, no games including spores, especially spores that turn you into zombies. Completely unique yeah. to us. I mean, uh, it, sure, and it will be the last one ever. It was. It was the last of of our, our, of ours, our, our games today. Yeah. Yeah, the last of us, you could say. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, on that note, we will end the episode. If you would like to <laughs> find us online and all of our previous episodes, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Leave us a review. We'd love that. Uh, and uh, check out our backlog of episodes involving thousands of these game designs like you've heard tonight. Hmm. Uh, did you like the opening and closing number you haven't heard the closing one yet it's the same as the opening that's by a band called Kuradust 
you can go get that album containment failure and go to the last song and that's mount defiance that's our opener and closer that's right so thank you again for joining us this week on bitstorm i'm ben slinger i'm trevor scott and i'm angry call it (laughs) 